You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. You held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Remember, that was, wasn't that from the last time they won a playoff game? It was. Mm-hmm. Right? That was the, the Saints game. Saints game. It's voice cracked. Oh, let's play that again, man. Let's, let's, we're, we're 48 hours away from the fight, the Vikings' first playoff game in three years. The last time they entered the wild card round as under, well, their favorites this time, but they were underdogs this last time. You held them to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Maybe Kirk Kirko Chains might make a reappearance at some point, or maybe he saves that for like the conference championship round or something. Oh. Do you think we're gonna if they win if they win a game or two, will we see Kirko Chains? I hope so. Like and and I would like to see, if nothing else, if they win a game or two, I'd like to see some type of fun theme. Yeah. Involving Kirk. I think you need um I think the Kirko Chains thing would probably also be more likely for two reasons, either on the road for a playoff win, or if it's going to the GD Super Bowl. Yeah. It could be well, happening. Those could happen. If they're going to the Super Bowl, it's got to go beyond it's the chains thing. But then it's got to be something even bigger. Kirko Chainsaw. Yeah. Yeah. But I just space. hope they do something. That was so much fun. And aside of Kirko that we just didn't see before that, I, I didn't like how he put the kibosh on it. Yeah. You, you can't, know, well, you we've can't, done you all can't we can keep do. Kirko no. Chains in a corner. You can't no, keep Kirko dude. Chains locked up. No. And your your uh, um, alternate personality was so much fun. And he knew that. So do something. Keep it going, man. Bring it back. Yeah. This is Purple Daily. It's a feedback Friday here on Purple Daily. So we're going to turn the show over to all of you and all your questions and comments, concerns, critiques from the week here. This is Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a GD Super Bowl before we die. Uh, Thank you for making this one of the most popular football podcasts in America in 2022 into 2023 we appreciate whether you listen on apple spotify or the score north app or whether you watch on youtube thank you for being part of this vikings community uh the show is presented by our friends at tcl one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning tvs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution all at an affordable cost enjoy more of the things you love with tcl and i got a feeling there's going to be plenty of before i die tall boys going around oh. our purple daily community in the next 48 hours or so and that is thanks of course to our friends at at surly brewing but let's make one thing very clear uh sunday is the start of the mission sunday is the start and surly is a beer that is is a local beer surly is a beer that believes in the very mission that we all do and that's before we die we want the vikings to win a championship and so this is not an impersonal, like a branded beer of, of, oh yeah, that's a company in let's say Milwaukee or St. Louis. And they're doing this for everybody. Surly is doing this for one team and one team only. And that's because they are involved in the mission as much as anybody else. Before I die, you've got Furious, Logic Bomb. I just hope that uh, come late 
or I should say early Sunday evening, we're all tipping Surly's in celebration not to drown our sorrows. Surly Brewing, show us your cans. All right, let's get into the feedback here. Some uh, some Kirk Cousins stuff here. There's always a plethora of Cousins stuff from our listeners here. Alex Pacetti has the first comment from the Scorn Earth app. There's a feedback tab. You can always send us stuff. All right, boys, it's playoff time. You probably know I'm a Kirk realist, not a hater. I just call it like I, like I see it with Kirk, he says. But now it's time for everyone to get on board and find a way to get one before we die. Looking at the NFC Conference, this has to be Kirk's year. Every quarterback in the Kirk Cousins range historically, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, usually gets one major chance to win a Super Bowl. Flacco and Brees took it home, right? I could put Eli in this conversation, too. Eli took it home twice. Uh, Ryan and Rivers both fell short when they had chances. Take a look around you in the NFC. It's Brock Purdy, a rookie seventh-round third-string quarterback, a 500-year-old Tom Brady behind a papier-mâché offensive line, Dak Prescott, who cannot string together two good performances and who leads the league in interceptions. He only has one more than Kirk, but he played fewer games, too, just rifling off interceptions. Geno Smith? And Jalen Hurts coming off an injury that could potentially affect his playoff performance. So this is it. This is probably Kirk Cousins' best chance he will ever get at hoisting the Lombardi. I don't want to hear any more excuses, he says. Bravo, Alex. Bravo. That is a thousand percent correct. Thank you very much. Because you know what? I, I think we can um I think we can marry two phrases together for this potential playoff run which is of course starts with before i die i'd like to see the vikings win a championship but we can marry that now with why not the vikings like he's exactly right and this is this is why i don't like because of the circumstances i don't really like when people now are like but look at next year like they're building something they might be i got no clue okay but i can tell you something right now the circumstances are going to change the conference is going to change, and and hopefully the Vikings become one of the powers of the conference. But for right now, Alex's note is on point. You've got a chance here with how this playoff field stacks up where, again, I'll say it, nobody scares you. There's no Chiefs here. So, so like, if you get to the well, Super Bowl. Okay. If you want to win the Super Bowl, that's yes. the problem with this theory is, like, there are teams like the Chiefs are. waiting, but. Yeah. But let's just say you get there. You give yourself a chance. And there is a very realistic path, I think, from what he just pointed out about the quarterbacks and the teams that have shortcomings. Why not this year? Yeah, I think I think the theory applies to the NFC side of the bracket. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That if you look up and down, and it's not just about quarterbacks, but the quarterback is the most influential thing. I mean, look historically, right? It's You don't see a lot of slappy people. Kind, you know, people point to... Well, Joe Flacco won it, or Trent Dilfer won it, or Brad Johnson won it, but those are the 20% outliers. You know, historically, the best quarterbacks usually rise to the occasion as you get deeper into the playoffs, et cetera. And Kirk Cousins is very near the top. I, I think I would still put Jalen Hurts, at, if you're just ranking NFC bracket quarterbacks, I'd probably put Jalen Hurts number one. But you could argue that with the with the season that Kirk's having late fourth quarter comebacks everything, so 
Why not? I, I agree. We, we, we always, I think, we're conditioned watching this team for decades to just always duck for cover, and you're, you're constantly waiting for the anvil to fall on your head, Wiley Coyote, because that's, that's what we've lived with, whether, whether you watched him in the 70s or whether you watched him in the 2000s. But And this team is not perfect. This team has a very rickety defense, and they're playing some backups along the offensive line. They can still put up 27, 28, 30 points. And and like you said, you're not running this gauntlet of juggernauts in the NFC. So I, I think Alex is onto something. You don't have a perfect team, but this is a really good chance to do something special and make your way into February. Yeah, I think it's it's all about the external path too. You know, sometimes you gotta worry about what you can control, which is what the Vikings obviously have to take care of business to do. But man, if they were in the AFC right now and a Burrow was waiting or an Allen was waiting or a Mahomes was waiting and basically all three of those guys, at least two of them, would be waiting for you if you beat your win your first game. I mean that that just that would be absurd. So I, I think in terms of his question of of the best chance, I mean you've won thirteen games, you're in position to host one, if not two, potentially multiple playoff games. You're thirty four years old. The path is potentially the best it's ever going to be for him to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I, I think part of the, our problem too, and. This show is guilty of this as well, so I'm not absolving us at all. But part of the problem with sports fans in general, and I think sports fans in this town probably a, a little bit especially, is we always look at success. And because I think we're trying to um, protect our, our hearts, we say, but the future's bright. Like, but next year. Twins, 2019. Yeah, wait till this team comes back. Uh, I can go through any number of times that we have projected that the future is going to be good. and I think. That that's a hope, but it's also a way to say that if you flame out in the playoffs and be don't okay win a game, it's gonna yeah. be okay because wait till next year. And, we plan B. and look, at some point in time too here, what we have to accept is this. If we like this current Kirk, odds are he's not gonna be around for an extended period of time. Like so so like like you can't say, well, just wait till 2025 when you know Kirk, Kirk Cousins might be gone by then. This is it. So yes, this is this is time. The definition of pouncing on an opportunity is right now. The NFL changes so much too, right? Like sometimes in the, in the NBA, I was watching um, inside the NBA late last night, going to bed at the end of that Lakers uh, Mavericks game. It went to like double overtime, and Luca hit a couple dagger threes. And like God, LeBron James, he's thirty eight years old and dominating this game in chunks and and Steph Curry with the Warriors 12 14 years yep. a lot of times in the NBA it's like well it's LeBron's league for 10 years now or it's the Warriors league and there's going to be very few teams penetrating that championship shield in the NFL the last time the Vikings were a, a relevant deep playoff team was 2017 which isn't that long ago right? it's five years ago the Warriors were you know, the Warriors had started their dynasty like four years before that in the NBA and are still working on it right now. 2017 NFL did not include most of the quarterbacks you're going to see playing this weekend. Like Brady obviously was around, but right. Patrick Mahomes was just entering the league. Josh Allen did not exist yet. Joe Burrow was like barely in college at that point. Yeah. Dak Prescott, like go down the list. It's insane. Jalen Hurts. So... Whatever you, whatever, like you said, whatever the NFL is right now, whatever the Vikings have right now is not guaranteed five years from now, three years from now, or next year. So we can make excuses and whatnot, but you, 
this is a really, really, really good chance to capitalize here right now. It's funny, too, because we were so used as football fans watching guys like Peyton, Brady, Rodgers, um, Breeze, all these guys that were just year in, year out, always playoff quarterbacks. And to Phil's point, I mean, Brady's still here, but we're kind of watching that happen in the AFC right now, right? Like, we're going to probably see Burroughs and Allens and Mahomes in the playoffs for years, just like they have basically supplemented those other previous guys we've mentioned. And the path for the NFC for the Vikings, it's it's great. I'm, I'm excited to watch Super Wildcard Weekend football just in general to see all these dudes play. Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Wearing Josh a turtleneck. He's gonna beat you. He's gotta rock, rock that white turtleneck after every big win now and just talk about the window being his career. Um, Jim in OKC says, throughout the offseason, I was really curious about Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell. Very often, you all, justifiably so, meaning us, mm-hmm. have criticized Kirk's leadership. He's an I-just-work-here guy. He gets hit or throws a pick and then tucks his tail between his legs historically. Uh, noting that Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, etc., are not that personality, under Mike Zimmer, Kirk proved that he is not a Tom Brady. He's not going to stand up to a coach who would not give him any rope. I would argue that many solid leaders and a few great leaders have been disallowed by the circumstances of their supervisors and overcame anyways. Uh, through the year... And the encouragement of Kevin O'Connell and the Kevin Seifert article that we talked about earlier this week, Kirk has made strides in some key leadership areas that both of you guys, Mackie and Judd, have recognized. I'd also argue the leadership of Patrick Peterson has taken a significant step forward. When he arrived, he obviously had the respect of Zimmer, but it seems this year Pat P is significantly more verbal with the team and his leadership is easy to see. Um and then he kind of mentions, I wonder if Patrick Mahomes would be Patrick Mahomes if he had started with Adam Gase or Nathaniel Hackett instead of yeah. Andy Reid. There's not really a question in here, but it's more circumstances of, yeah, Kirk was, and you know, we criticized him a lot for this. People always said, well, Mike Zimmer is putting his thumb on Kirk, to which my response was always, well, if you're a great leader, you take his thumb, remove it from your head, and you make it, and you deal with it, or you... You find level ground with him. It's not. This isn't like high school where your teacher can put you in detention. These are grown adults. That was always one of my biggest criticisms. But he's not that guy. He needed a different coach to unlock some certain areas of his of his game. And Kevin O'Connell has brilliantly communicated with Kirk Cousins to to help him reach a new level in some of these fourth quarters. So I think the starting point of of both of the players he points out, Pat P and Kirk, is this too, though. Okay, so previously, Kirk put up good stats. And I think, you know what, Kirk has probably always been tolerated and certainly liked. Like, he's a fairly likable dude. But what's the most important thing? And Pat P proved the same exact thing. You have to back it up when it matters. So, again, again, this is why you can't go into a locker room and say, I am Kirk Cousins, your quarterback, and I'm going to lead you. Because then your your teammates say, okay, show us. Um, and guess what? You don't show uh, professional athletes through stats. Look at all the stats I'm putting up. You show them by succeeding when it matters, by playing well when it matters. Pat P's done the same exact thing. I would argue that Pat P's platform has grown because he's had a really good year. Mm -hmm. So like if Pat P comes back in 2023 and it drops off, guess what? His words carry weight, but not the weight that they carry right now. So I really think the starting point is Kirk Cousins, no matter what his statistics say, and they're good, but Kirk Cousins has taken on a different mantle, a different role, and I think is perceived differently in that room 
because he has eight fourth quarter comebacks that he has been instrumental in. That gets attention. Like, that's the starting point of, oh, this is my guy. Like, you can't just, uh, you can't just go into a room and say, I am a leader. I don't really know exactly how to lead. And I'm not really going to, like, I'm going to put up really good stats. So that's the difference is that when you are successful, when you show in crunch time and clutch time that you can have success, people are going to gravitate towards this is the guy. Yeah. and But there is a KOC factor in here too, that like per the Kevin Seifert article, yep. the first day that Kevin O'Connell was around the team, I think it was sometime in the springtime when they bring everyone in for workouts or whatever. And so he's got the whole team in a room and they're going to watch some film. And the first thing he does is bring up Kirk Cousins film, showing him taking a hit and oh, throwing genius. a dime into a small window to show the whole team, hey, this is my guy. I believe in him. He's the freaking man. And he is the leader here. And like to set that tone. Yep. And then you contrast that with Mike Zimmer even leading up to the Kirk Cousins signing five years ago at the combine when he was doing his press conference, like literally giving you a beware the Ides of March. If we sign a big contract quarterback, we're going to be, he like laid the groundwork for how much he didn't want Kirk around before Kirk even signed. And, but, but that being said, once Kirk came on board, you know, there's, and, and we're guilty of this too. There's this narrative that, well, Mike Zimmer just wanted a close to the vest conservative offense all the time. And there was some of that with play calling where they were very run heavy on like, they were very conservative on second and okay. It's second and long now. Now we're going to pull our hands close to our chest and be conservative. Right. But Mike Zimmer also publicly cried for cousins to be more aggressive multiple times. And I found some of these quotes. Uh, Chad Graff tweeted about a year ago in November of 2021, after a game, Mike Zimmer yesterday, on telling Kirk Cousins to be more aggressive, quote, second and 18 or whatever it is, he's got to get the ball down the field. We can't throw five-yard throws on second and 18. Here's another one. Zimmer Zimmer reportedly thought the quarterback, this is after he got fired, was not a strong leader, did not make enough game-winning plays, and didn't take enough risks on the field, wanted Kirk to take more risks on the football field. And then uh, here's another one from the Pioneer Press around the same time last year. I want Cousins to keep doing it like he's doing it. He can't second-guess himself. If he throws an interception, that's life. But you keep going for the jugular. That is Mike Zimmer talking about what he wanted from Kirk Cousins. Zimmer's problem was he said that that stuff to the Pioneer Press. He said that stuff to the assembled media, to Chad, Chad Graff from The Athletic but he was terrible at connecting with and communicating it to Kirk Cousins himself. Right. It took Kirk to ask Mike in year four, let's get in a room on Thursdays and break down some film. Whereas this year, KOC and Cousins have a regular ongoing texting and FaceTime relationship. They're watching film together every week. And so Mike felt the same way KOC feels, which is we need this dude to hunt down the field, go for the jugular. But then Mike would just say it, to the media and and not form the connection with cousins. And that was his biggest sin. And the offense didn't do it. Like, that's the thing too, is you can't disassociate yourself. And, and Mike did because he was obviously defensive first guy. You can't disassociate yourself from your offense and your quarterback in particular. Mike is the, Mike ends up being the, in this case, the hypocritical parent who says, I never want to see you drinking, son. And then right in front of the kid gets just bleep and bleep faced. Uh, so that's the problem. I, but I mean, O'Connell worked this, you know, don't get me wrong here. He's worked this marvelously. The fact that he empowered Kirk 
I think in Mike, so I think the problem is this with Mike and Kirk. I think one of the fundamental problems is Kirk needs a certain amount of of support and he needs a certain amount of oomph behind him, empowerment, that Mike wasn't going to give because Mike is an old school human. Yeah. And and so what Mike didn't get to a certain point, Bill, is what we didn't get, which is, okay, you might not have it, that support, but take some control. Kevin came in and said, okay, he doesn't. I'm fine with that. He came in and basically presented a guy who now feels empowered to take chances, hunt down the field, throw picks, and as a result, has success that other people will now follow. Like it's all sort of a puzzle that gets put together in how do you end up with a guy who might not be a Brady type of personality, but now his teammates are like, this is the guy because it started with the coach's message. Yep. We'll get to some more of your feedback here on Purple Daily in just a moment, but this is a great weekend. If you haven't tried underdog fantasy yet, strap mm. in this weekend, gentlemen. That's right. There's uh, there's slips already uh, being locked in on on Vikings and Giants. You can go and head that out. I do want to shout out, because uh, classic older brother fashion, he's always got to one-up his little brother. Brother Liam sent over this big pick'em slip that uh, he cashed in last week as the regular season wrapped up. Wow. A little five-pick parlay for Brother Liam. He took some Dinner on Brother goals. Liam. Wow. He, uh, he, he, he dabbled in both. He put higher on Derrick Henry and Daniel Carlson, but he also took some lowers on Pat Mahomes, took lowers on Trevor Lawrence. A little, uh, little risky, a little good sweat for Brother Liam and Underdog Fantasy, and you can join with promo code SCORE. This is the first time you want to try Underdog Fantasy now that it's playoff time. Uh, use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. If you're looking to get in the best shape of your life, like like Judd did in terms of losing weight about a year and a half ago, listen up, folks. Judd's going to tell you how. Where is it? Right there. Yes, exactly right. If you are trying to drop weight, if you are watching this right now, the Judd on the left and the Judd on the right, and you're saying, Judd, how did you lose that much weight? How do you look that good? I'm going to tell you right now. It starts with the help of our friends from Livia Weight Control Centers, drop 40 pounds. And guess what? The guy on the right has kept that weight off. And the key to this is it is not a diet program. It's a weight control program. And right now is a great time to start. It's January. You know what? By springtime, drop the weight, feel great, continue to keep that weight off, which is absolutely the key. And right now, if you contact them, you will get the Judd offer. If you mention Judd and Score North, 50% off the program. So tell them. Tell them Sports Dad, Judd, told you to contact them. 50% off a program that I'm going to tell you right now works and works for the long term. 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com is the first step towards you getting in the shape that you want to be in. All right, Jared Cochran chimes in here via the Scorner app. Longtime listener, first message. Thanks for, for jumping out here, Jared. Love your guys' show. Lots of great insight. Also, you guys face the hard truths a lot of people turn blind eyes to. I also really like that you guys adjust with new information and admit when you were wrong on things. You never see that in the mainstream. Thank you, Jared. Uh, My question, for the Vikings to make a deep dive into the playoffs, what's the number one thing they need to do? What is the number one thing on your Vikings deep dive into the playoffs list? realistically because I, I don't know that the defense is capable of just becoming great in fact i'm pretty sure it's not realistically i think that the most important thing that this team can do is put together complete offensive games agreed so i don't mean first quarter is great second quarter yeah third quarter bleh. fourth quarter here we come 
I'm talking about complete games because that does a multitude of things, including keeping the defense off the field. So if you can put together where Kirk and Jefferson and the offensive line comes through, and that's, of course, touch and go, um, I think that's the most realistic step because, again, the defense, it'd be great to see them ascend and play great. I think, I think that at their best, there's a ceiling there. Yeah. I would argue that we have not seen for four quarters the offensive ceiling yet. Yep, I'm, I'm going to, I'll even, I agree, and I'm going to be more specific. Score 30-plus points in every playoff game that you play. And if the and yes, the defense needs to be passable. Like they need to at least not give up forty points or whatever. But the, I I don't think you're going to see a, a switch flipped and all of a sudden the defense is going to carry this team to the NFC Championship game. Right. You need to. I think you need to build leads early and then stay on them. Go build a seventeen to seven lead. Go build a fourteen to three lead. Keep the pressure on. Get to thirty points. Stay in front. Let your defense sort of make the the opposing offense more one-dimensional because you have a lead. So I, I agree. The offense has to carry. Yeah, I mean, it's it's putting together complete games and being situationally good because the defense isn't just going to step in and then all of a sudden go from 31st in points and yards, basically, and then all of a sudden be one of the best defenses in the playoffs. But can they be situationally good on third downs and red zones? I think that's what I want to see. Can you not just absolutely bleep the bed? And we need to stop like the Vikings needed against the Giants uh, last time they played, and you thought, Oh, the Vikings, they have an offensive lead here. They're up by eight. There's no way the Giants are going to go down to score six and get a two-point conversion, and they did. So, like, can you get the situational stop on defense? Can you dagger them when you put them away? That's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be – they're going to bend. They're definitely going to bend at the defense. Can they they avoid breaking in the red zone? Mm -hmm. All right, Six Rulers says, I live in New Jersey, about 45 minutes south of MetLife Stadium. I know you guys have been covering the Vikings disrespect lately, but holy cow, it was on a whole new level this week. You would think the Giants are going for their fourth Super Bowl in a row the way the the, the national media is treating this game. I agree with Mackie when you say the Vikings are the only playoff team that hasn't played their best football yet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but nothing would give me greater joy than a 60-minute effort that blows the doors off the Giants. Why not us? Why not now? Love the show. I'm looking forward to a few more event lines after this week. Skull Vikes. Mm-hmm. And I'll add to this because people have correctly pointed out, wait a second. The Vikings might be a little fraudulent in that they're probably like a 10 or 11 win team dressed up as a 13 win team. But they do have a better point differential than the Giants do. And they've been much better down the stretch than the Giants have, right? So people are getting so lost in like, well, the Vikings shouldn't have 13 wins. Therefore, they're going to lose. Well, maybe at some point, but they're not likely to lose to the Giants in the first round. That's the crazy thing. It's like still like 90% of the money from a betting perspective, Action Network is on the Giants 48 hours before kickoff of this game. So people have taken this so far. Oh, uh, the Vikings are frauds. Therefore, they're just going to lose in the first round. Well, okay. I mean, careful, I guess. But I'm glad to see people putting their money where their mouth is on that take, though. We'll see how it winds up in two days. I've got one thing to say. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> Here it is. Take that. That's right. That's right. That's all I got to say about that. Tired of the Giants. Love it. Giants. The Giants. The Daniel Gi- Jones. Blue. People love the big blue. Derek Vetter says, do you guys think the late season emergence of KJ Osborne is an indictment on Kevin O'Connell? Why was he an afterthought for so long? He put great tape out last year 
And it's like Kevin O'Connell forgot he existed until the last few weeks. I think it's a curious question. I, indictment's probably a little bit strong because indictment would mean that that like he totally misread the offense and KJ in particular. Um, and the indictment also, I guess, if if you were to go that route, would be Kevin O'Connell and Kirk a little bit. Uh, no, I you, you know what I think it is. I think it's a nod to a difficult situation. This is what I think. Because first of all, Hawkinson came in and played well, so like they did. They went and got a tight end and maximized him, and that was a great step. Um, but I think the difficult situation and predicament that the Vikings faced is Thielen. Like, here's a guy who's been a core guy. You brought him back on a big contract or a fairly mm-hmm. big contract, right? Um, he has been a guy who is is one of Kirk's favorites, has been for a long time, still has really good hands, and can't really move now. And so I would say instead of indictment, I would say it's almost a natural transition and, and it's a great one to have. It's great to have Osborne there, uh, but it's a transition. It's a nod to the fact that I think they really worked very hard to continue including Thielen and in what you could consider his old role. Yeah. And just eventually Kirk and O'Connell acknowledged, you know what? KJ Osborne is a better target in a lot of circumstances now than Adam Thielen is. It kind of feels like, from even from a front office standpoint, they had higher hopes for what Thielen could still be in 2022, right? Because back in March, they kind of did a redo of his contract where they, didn't they give him more guaranteed money beyond 2022 so they could, they wanted to lower his cap hit for this year mm, to give right. themselves some spending money. But they guaranteed, they figured, well, that's, I mean, he'll, they'll still have some tread on the tires for a few years. And so they, they redid his contract. Um, and then I think Kevin O'Connell thought too, yeah, he's the number two receiver just as he's been for years with Stefan Diggs. So we're going to, and he just doesn't have the same speed, doesn't have the same. We broke down some of these numbers on state of the offense. Like he used to be great. One of the best in man coverage. Now he's one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Just, there's just been clear erosion. So it was more the belief in feeling the first half of the season and them staying committed to him. And now it feels like, okay, well, K.J. Osborne's just clearly getting more separation. He's more explosive. He he can hit you a 60-yard play down the field if you need to. So, no, that's my thought. Uh, Jeremy Berg says, you guys confuse me. You talk about how the Vikings <laughs> you talk about how the Vikings shouldn't pay certain positions big money anymore. But then you say wide receivers are a valuable position, and we should pay Justin Jefferson however much money he wants. Then you talk about Thielen and how he isn't worth what the contract pays him. Right. They are both wide receivers. The only difference is one is playing at an elite level, one is washed up. In my opinion, you can't look at positions and just pay money to a player because he plays that position. You pay money to players that are elite. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes. You want sorry, Jeremy. I have to do this to you. No one is no one is saying that you should pay bad players at important positions. You should what are your five most important positions and go find elite players at those positions and pay them. No one is advocating for paying bad players or subpar players at any position. Just to be clear. Okay. Yeah. But let's go through position groups and, and like think, think about elite players and who you would want to pay now. Right. There was a time when the running back, the bell cow got a huge contract, right? How many running backs now in today's game period would you pay? None. And like a second, a a second contract. Yeah. But I'm saying, so like I'm saying a star, like if Adrian Peterson were going into a second contract 
right now, what would you do? I would let him sign somewhere else yep. or trade him. I would trade him. Like Derrick Henry's the modern example. Let's say, yep, let's say Derrick Henry, you know, four years into his career and he's rushing for 1,800 yards. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl building your team around that. And the Titans have, the Titans have had some really good rosters built around Derrick Henry. What have they ever done in the playoffs? Yep. Have they ever even been to the conference championship game with Derrick Henry? They certainly haven't been to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think once. Maybe once? It. Yeah. But I'm with you. Can't, you, you can't, you you, can't totally. do it that way. Yes, and I'm not paying. So I'm, I'm not paying running backs, uh, linebackers. I'm not going to pay them. Now, if it's a 3-4 and he's a great, he's an elite yeah, he's an rusher, edge. different. But if it's a line, if, if it's Eric Kendricks, to me right now, that guy at his zenith, which was, you know, Damn near a star, right? I'm not paying him. Safeties. I'm probably not going to break my bank to pay to play or pay them. So the but the point is, we're talking about Jefferson is an elite player and, and Thielen plays it, but he obviously has declined in a huge way at an elite position. Yeah. So I I mean, I don't think we can be much clearer than that. And it kind of feels like they're headed this direction with with Quasi now running the front office. If you look at some of the, the trends in Cleveland. You know, they were in the draft. They were very heavily focused early on edge rushers, quarterbacks. You know, I think they drafted a receiver at some point in there. Um, and and now some of the money that's coming off the books in the next year or two, like Harrison Smith, big contract will come off the books at safety. Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks are going to come off the books maybe even in like two months at linebacker. Dalvin Cook probably going to come off. They might They might look for a trade partner there. Yeah. Are they going to then fill those spots with highly paid players? My guess is they look to just fill with rookies or, or whoever. Like Josh Metellus should probably just be a starting safety for you. You know, Lewis yeah. Seen and Josh Metellus probably in two years are going to be your starting safeties. And your that, corner that would should be, my be good. Guess. Yeah, exactly right. And then if you, you know, if you've got money to spend in free agency, that's where, you know, whenever, whenever they're done with the Kirk Cousins contracts, Maybe it's next year. Maybe it's in three years or whatever. If they do get a rookie skill contract quarterback, it gives you extra leeway then to, okay, we have a hole at safety or we have a hole at guard or one of the non-elite positions, and we can afford to then pay top dollar to fix that in free agency. The Vikings haven't had top dollar to spend in free agency in years. Yes. Because they're paying a quarterback the third most money you know, to any player, and they're paying a linebacker $15 million and a safety $12 million or whatever it is. Two things off this, too, because um, I think we need to change how we think here. One is, and this is going to sound really weird at first, but in today's football, we have to accept the fact that you could make a very good case that guard is more important than some skill positions. So, like, if, I am, if, if I'm going to pay a running back, which is a skill position, or a guard, I'm going to pay the guard. The I, second, agree. I the agree. Second, the second thing, and this is a this is a sports fan thing, and again, we are guilty, I'm sure, of this on this very show. So I'm not absolving us, but I am saying, um, if you want a Super Bowl, I think this is a very important thing to change our perception and thinking on things. I know there's a lot of players who people like. You know, they've been here a while. I mean, the Spielman, the Spielman Zim teams kept guys around. Like they they might have had their faults as far as being humans go. But they were loyal to people. And this Vikings organization has been in the past. And I understand that GMs and coaches fall in love with certain players. Johnny Mott. It's going to be really hard to say goodbye yeah, to Johnny Mott. But if you want to, is this, but, is this leading to? No. Well, I, I feel like there's this underlying current. Anytime we talk about jettisoning Cook and Thielen 
or Harrison Smith of, oh, yeah, now you've gone a bridge too far. Um, you can't care about the player's name on the back. You can only care about the production if you want to win a Super Bowl. As a, yeah, I mean, sometimes you've brought this take to the table before, and I think sometimes you go a little, I think you can, I think there's, there's a gray area here. As a fan, love who you want and buy the jerseys of who you want, but but you have oh, to sure. have an understanding that if if your goal as a fan, if you want the team to win a Super Bowl, there comes a point of no return, the age wise. Yep. Dalvin is Dalvin's getting there. It doesn't mean that you can't celebrate the five or six years that he was an elite running back, right? And frame the jersey, and maybe he's a Ring of Honor guy at some point. But yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. To, to your point, yes. if we're now we're getting way ahead of like. This, these are conversations we'll have more in depth in like a few weeks. But if the goal is to win a Super Bowl in 2023 and you have a, you know, a cap of whatever, just like every other team, you might have to say goodbye to Eric Hendricks, Dalvin Cook, and the money that they make wrong side of the age cliff yeah. and tip your cap to the great career that they had and fold that jersey up, put it in a drawer and go get your Brian Asamoa jersey because – He's going to be the replacement, right? Your Dalvin Cook, just strip off the name Cook from the old 33s, put Asamo on. Judd only sees uh, robotic figures out there. No, you know what it is? You you go way further than you think. No, no, here's, no, this is not true. (laughs) Okay, let's say that you guys love milk, okay? You love milk. I I am lactose intolerant when it comes. Okay. I'm partially lactose intolerant. Let's say say that you love Let's say no, no, no. Alcohol, let's say tequila. let's say that you love ham. You guys like ham? I do like, like ham. a good slice yes, of ham? I do. I sure. do like yeah. ham. Yes. And you okay. got ham in your refrigerator, and you love it. But you go to your fridge, and it's June twenty seventh, and the expiration date is June fifth. You ain't gonna eat that ham. You're gonna go get yeah. new ham. You're gonna go get new ham. Are you trying to cut CJ ham? That's what. <laughs> not yet, but but potentially soon. Anyway, <laughs> the point is. If it's expired, you move on from it and replace it with expired. a product you consider like to be similar. <laughs> Aunt Judd's here. Jaden Shap chimes in here. Booney keeps talking about Kevin O'Connell like he's a lock for coach of the year. National talking heads don't even have KOC in the top three. Cowherd, for example, had had coaches of the Giants, Dolphins, Jags, and Seahawks on his list, never mentioned KOC. Would love to hear your thoughts. Well, he's not winning coach of the year because, I mean, the odds are, if you go off of, like, just the national buzz and some of the Vegas odds, he's not even in the conversation in the top three or four. It's, yeah. It's, I, I totally get the Doug Peterson thing. There are some of these coaches you have to tip your cap to. And Pete Carroll with that Seahawks team and Geno Smith. Doug Peterson with the Jaguars. Um, I don't know that I would put Mike Mc, Mike McDaniel on that list. You know the the Dolphins have had a good year, and with Tua they were explosive. Yeah. And Brian Brian Dable, absolutely. They Sirianni you know, in Philadelphia. Sirianni, sure, yeah. But he's in the conversation. I I might actually lean Doug Peterson. Just yep, took I over agree. a train wreck and brought them to a division championship and yep. and nine wins. I actually agree with you. Uh, Luke Burnt says, I understand the theme is before we die, but we watch this game because at moments it can be truly special. The Vikings-Bills game was a once-in-a-lifetime game. Two good teams trading absolute haymakers. Yes, a championship would be nice, 
But to be honest, that game is all I need. It's the best of football. I'd even add the Colts game in there. They, they, they had two sort of like two regular season games that you will remember for the rest of your life played this season. But is that all you need? Are you content with just no. those? Hell no. And by the way, the Colts game is memorable, but it but it's because it was so atrocious in the first half and an incredible comeback, but let's not forget an incredible collapse by the Colts. So like that goes in its own bin of weird game, but I don't give a lot of points for that one. Like what a great the Vikings are playing this terrible team at home. They fall behind by 33. The Bills game was fantastic. Weird game, but I thought that was fantastic. Um, and there were certainly some great plays made in that one. But no. Why are we accepting that as that's all I need? I like that. No criticism because I understand that the moments in sports are special and we love that. So I'm not like dumping on that take, but that's all we need. No, we need, we need playoff runs. We need championships. Let's hold ourselves to a standard where we're not just like trying to talk about 2023 or we're not just like, you know, trying to move on. Do we enjoy this heartbreak? Like in some weird ways we do. I know that, but come on. No, this is another way you said it earlier in the show that we do certain things in Minnesota to guard ourselves from the inevitable heartbreak. We do the, you were right. We, we do the, the old, um, it's okay. If we, if we don't bring it home this year, because look at the window that's opening, it makes us feel a little bit better about the impending doom. And this is the same thing. Well, they gave us a couple amazing regular season moments, and so really, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna protect my heart from what could be soul crushing at some point. I think there's room for both. There's room to enjoy the ride, yeah. and there's room to hope that at some point this franchise that's been around for over a half century and has won more regular season games than any team in NFL history that hasn't won a championship can put the final stamp on their resume. So mm-hmm. it is it is it was great. The Bills game, absolutely. The Colts comeback, definitely gonna be talking about that for years. And I want more. That's my answer. You should want more. Feed me absolutely. More. Feed, Feed me more. Feed. Feed. What more. happened to that guy, by the way? I don't know what happened to Rideback. Oh, actually, you know what? I saw this. This now just clicked. Apparently, all of his rideback trademarks, you know, were owned by WWE because you know they kind of own that intellectual property. Yeah. Well, after a certain amount of time, that does become the proprietor's guy or his his stuff so he was he just tweeted i just saw this last week he now has like all of his ryback stuff now back to his own disposal for like house shows and indie calls so congrats to ryback he got you know his He's his back. things back from, back. Uh, from from wwe you know i can use it at his own disposal at you know a 500 seat house show and you know gary indiana yeah it's been, it's been about seven years gary, since that guy's indiana. been <laughs> All right, that's all, random the, that, city. that's all the feedback we have, unless you want to do a deep dive into uh, Ryback's WWE and NXT career, Judd. I don't even know who Ryback is. Okay. Feed me more. Feed me more. No idea. RT Ryback. He's a close cousin. He's the mayor. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Feedback Friday edition. A shout out to you. I'll throw this out. Maya Mackey absolutely loves Nutrisource chicken and rice. She is just... I mean, she literally hops up and down look. on her back two legs every time daddy or mommy goes to the bag of Nutrisource. She just she just gets this euphoric look on her face, and she can't contain herself because she knows that not only is the food delicious for her, it keeps her gut and digestion health on track, Judd. And Stella loves 
the treats. So she goes outside. She's been outside already twice today, including once to wake me up at about 4.45 to say, I want to go outside. And I'm like, you don't really need to. It's a racket because you want your training rewards treats. And she said, that's exactly right, dummy. Now feed me. Speaking of feed me more. Feed me more. So you are right. She's 12. So it's not only that she absolutely loves the food, but Dawn and I do too, because it keeps her healthy. Nutrisource. If you want a healthy and happy dog, go that route as well. Yeah, NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a Nutrisource retailer in your region, anywhere in the United States. Minnesota-based company, but you can find them all over the place. So, all right, we'll make our official picks tomorrow on Purple Daily. And as always, we will have a Vikings vent line ready and waiting for you live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel after Vikings and Giants on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Inject inject it all. Dare we say the flag will be flying? More.